Hi there, everyone, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where we introduce you to amazing people who proudly call themselves Rotarians. This week, we're going to talk to a former district governor and Rotary historian. Linda Jean Coyle joined me on my uh, Zoom cast because in these interesting times, nobody's face to face anymore. So we're voice to voice these days. So join me, won't you? Linda Jean Coyle is my guest this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. And as always, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It is my pleasure to introduce Linda Jean Coyle to the show. Uh, She is one of our uh, Canadian members. It's so nice. We've gone international. It's nice to know with uh, this new technology that she can be oh so far away, but sound like she's right next door. Linda Jean, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much, Glenn. Thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. First and foremost, before we get to those famous 11 questions that I ask everybody, we now have a new question on our list. How are you doing? How are you feeling? How is your family? Is everybody doing well in these interesting virus COVID-19 times? I think as well as can be expected. I am pretty much um, self-isolating because my youngest son gave me the rundown that I was in the vulnerable category, which I had not considered myself to be. I don't either. I, yeah, I I agree. I really (laughs) did not. And, you know, he he put down, you know, all the stuff, you know, you know, you have hypertension, you've had cancer twice, you're, Um, you know, you're over 70 years old. He went on up and I'm going like, I started feeling awful. I was feeling fine. Before right. that. Did you tell him that you took a walk today and that you were doing I stuff did, in exactly. I did, exactly. But it did make me stop and think. Okay. It did make me stop and think because, and this, this actually was before um, this two meter distance we're supposed to be between right. others that, you know, I, I never ever considered it, but people can have the virus without knowing they have it and therefore pass it on. Yeah. But my question is, of course, so I self-isolate for 14 days. Right. And so then I go out. Right. And I encounter someone. So do I self-isolate for another 14 days? I mean, how long does this last? I don't know. I think I think that's why we go under that rule of the curve that all of Mm -hmm. our officials are talking about that we're really um you know, I've, I've become a, a new big fan of the Twitter account of the World Health Organization and the CDC. Two, two mm-hmm. Twitter accounts I never thought I would be following so religiously. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think, it, I think we're all supposed to act like we have it and hope that it gets kind of slowing yeah. down here very soon. Yeah, I hope it slows down soon, too, because yeah. this is, well, actually, this is a new reality. I think yeah. this is such a new reality. It is going to make a difference not just now, not just when this ends, but I think in our lives forever. Yeah, I think it is too. I don't think any of us are, have really ever thought this would occur, that we would be living in this kind of time and it would have the kind of impact. Yeah. 
So I, I think I, uh, my, my parents are, are no longer with us, but of course my father was born uh, during the Great Depression. And of course my mother lived afterwards and then both of them through the Second World War. And they always talked about with me, victory gardens and taking care of each other and how there was such a, a teamwork kind of thing that came out of those events of the depression and World War II that may, maybe that, if there's a positive spin that maybe we'll get back to some of those simple foundations of neighborly connection and victory gardens and, you know, who knows, who knows, yeah. but I agree and it's the, going to be different. And the thing is I got an email from a, a friend of mine who was just sending it out to us saying, you know, how are you doing, etc. Right. Um, are you getting to know yourself better now that you're having to spend more time with yourself? I thought that was a great question. She said, I'm learning things about myself I never knew before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and if you look at the internet, a lot of people are taking up baking. A lot of people are taking up, you know, online yoga classes. I mean, who knows? We might we might come out of this uh, totally different people for sure. Well, I have an ill daughter and and she's supposed to go to um physiotherapy three times right. a week. Right. But she can't. Um, you know, it's, it's closed down. It's, it's too much, but they're doing it online Her physiotherapist, wow. you know, connects with her via video and puts her through the, um, exercises and things that she needs to do that ordinarily he would have hands on, but can't, but it can still keep her, her mobile because she's got a joint disease that requires her to be that's awesome. to move regularly. And I right. thought, isn't that wonderful? Right. And here I was one of those people who was thinking, you know, technology is taking over our world. Well, there's so many positive aspects of it. Yes. Yes. Like interviewing people. You ready to get this, ready to get these questions going? Go ahead. All right, here we go. So what's your earliest recollect, uh, recollection of, of Rotary? When did you first, like, what was your first interaction with the organization? I don't know if you would call it an interaction. Okay. While vacations meant car trips, you know, you didn't fly or any of those kinds of things. And I recall in all of our car trips, often camping, etc., going to small towns and there would be a rotary park. Ah, my yes. understanding that you know, even into my adult until I actually got involved with someone who was a Rotarian and then I learned about rotary. That's what I thought Rotary did. Rotary built parks in little cities, <laughs> in little towns, period. Well, uh, it's a nice thought. I could think yeah. of worse things to be known for. <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, that is my earliest. And that was a sustaining one, too. Until I was really quite surprised when I found out that Rotary was international because, of course, you know, you saw the big Rotary, but you didn't go into the little right. birds around, et cetera. Right. So... Then what made you first want to join Rotary? If you knew about it when you were a kid, was there, how did you actually start joining the group? Well, I was actually introduced to a Rotary club by my boss, but I couldn't join because they required you and it was absolute. They made it really clear. They met at noon. You had to be at every meeting every week. And I had a full-time job and kids at home. I could not make that commitment. My boss could, because he could go where he, where he wanted. Right. But, you know, I, I was not able to do that. 
However, one night, I recall this, it was during the time when they had all the droughts in Africa. Oh, yeah. And it was one night, you know, I mean, we're talking like the middle of the night, midnight, I can't remember what time it was. And there was this, this, um, what do they call it? Public service announcement or whatever they call it. Right. About Rotary putting wells in Africa and in the area of Africa and needed you know, donations to help build more wells to give water to this area, you know, for crops and for people, et cetera. So this was this like during the Ethiopian crisis? Was that during, during that it may time? Have been, I maybe I can't recall. Okay. It was a while right. ago, a okay. long time ago, but mm-hmm. I think it was during that. It was when, it, you know, you saw pictures of, of cracked soil and, oh. and children, you know, the usual heart, usual heartstring kind of, kind really, of commercial really, for really sure. Was. Yes. And the thing is, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money at that time, but it made me realize, and I saw an opportunity, I could give $100 because the other thing they said is 100% of your donation would go toward building water wells. Right. I said, sign me up. Yeah. I wanted to donate and I looked for the information. And of course, by then the thing was over, but I had to find it and I found it and I would, I donated to that because I lived in the Pacific Northwest. We have all the water in the world. I mean, the thing is, if it's not raining, it's going to rain. And so it, it just, you know, made me think, how could I get, how could I help? How could I share what's an everyday, ordinary thing to me with a, an area that was dying because of the lack of water? Right. Yeah. Wow. What about your family? Is anybody else in your family a Rotarian? I have a distant cousin in Texas that's a Rotarian. In Texas. Now, you're that's speaking the of... the only one, because I'm in, I'm in Canada, of course. Canada, right. Um, but uh, none, of the, none of my others are. My daughter tried to join Rotary in Canmore, Alberta, where she, where she had relocated. Right. Um, but they wouldn't accept her. That's a whole different story. We won't go into that one. Yeah, because that, that's, that's a tease, as they call in the radio business, my dear. So, okay. Well, that was, <laughs> I mean, you know, anyway, and I was really quite up, upset by that because, again, she was faced with the um, having, being told that if she couldn't come to every meeting, every oh. week at noon, she could not join. So it was an attendance thing. Which yeah. was not true yeah. at the time. At the time. But that's, you know, there's a whole different story there that this particular person. Long time ago, four-way test. (laughs) There are barriers to entry. How does that sound? Got it. So um, then what is, then if you have, you you have a a distant cousin in Texas, whoever you are, sir, ma'am, you know, Come join. We'd love to meet you. I don't. Okay. I don't even know him. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) so, well, at least you have some form of a connection with family. I am, I am uh, amazed to hear outside of, gosh, out of all of these interview nows, and there's probably two, three people tops that actually have other members of their family in Rotary. So that's something we got to fix for sure. Um, so then getting on a, on a more personal side, then what does a Rotarian mean to you? What does the Rotarian a, or what yeah. does being a Rotarian mean? What is, what is being, what is being a Rotarian mean to you? 
being a Rotarian for me means that I, I really can give. I really can make a difference. I'm, I, I mean, I, I have a, I won't say I've lived a charm life because everyone's had their ups and downs and ins and outs and crises and all of that kind of stuff. But sure. I am really quite privileged when it comes to looking at millions of others in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I live in a w- wonderful country. You know, I have a, a decent living. And there's so many, so I mean, millions that don't. Children dying because of, of hunger. Right. Um, you know, the, the wars, etc. And being Rotarian means that I can be a part of a positive force to make a difference in the world. Nice. You should put that on a bumper sticker. I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. So then um, what was your most inspirational experience then in Rotary? So what's, what experience has the long, has had the longest impact? Oh, well, let me back up okay. a second. How many years, Linda, have you been in Rotary? Uh, 17 going on 18. Oh, okay. So you have a, you have a, a well of opportunity here. What's, what's, a, what's been a couple of your most inspirational type of, of moments or what, what's some ones that have left some impact on you? Well, I, okay, inspirational is one thing. I think the most lasting impact okay. was attending the um, 100th anniversary in Chicago in 2005. Oh, yeah. I joined Rotary in, in 2002. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I happened to be at a, join a Rotary club that, that really didn't do an orientation. I didn't, I did, it took me two years to know who Paul Harris was. You know, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know a lot about Rotary. I knew what my Rotary club did right. in the community, but I didn't know about big picture Rotary. I didn't know about the internationality of Rotary. Ah. And when I went to Chicago for the hundredth anniversary, I was literally blown away. Yeah. There was right up in your face, the whole world, right? From all over the world, you know, in their different um, native dress, speaking different languages, smiling, willing to interact because, you you know, words are only 7% of of communication. Right. So it was wonderful to be able to interact with people. We didn't even have to speak the same language to really communicate and, you know, and to connect. And it, 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 that's the most lasting. I think that will last me forever. They all, they all spoke the rotary language, right? And exactly. Mm -hmm. And also to have the opportunity, you know, in the house of friendship to actually interact with some of the, the groups that were quote unquote doing good in the world. Yeah. And also some of the beneficiaries, because often uh, they would have some of the beneficiaries beneficiaries of the projects that they were doing, who were able to talk about what difference Rotary made to them, what difference Rotary made to their children, what difference Rotary made to their communities. Wow. And to hear that firsthand, not as, not as, a, as an advertisement, you know, or, or, or promotional thing, but actually hear real people talk about the real difference Rotary has made to them. Ugh. You know, I, I have to admit, you know, one of the casualties of, of course, this COVID-19 is that we will not be having international 
conference this oh, year. Oh, I know. I was and so it was going to be my first one. So I was like, oh, I, you know, got my oh. nickels and dimes together and off I go to Hawaii. And now, so good news is I believe 2021 will be just as wonderful. And I'm excited to know where I'll be going then. But yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be Taiwan. But oh. you know, I'm not quite sure. We'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I've, been to, I've been to 12 international conventions. Wow. I, I mean, as long as I was working, I'm retired now. As long as I was working, and I would I would have gone to everyone. But of course, as a retired person, I can't quite afford to go to everyone. So I try to right. go every second year, or well, if they're close, like if oh, they're right. you know when they're in Montreal, Toronto, Atlanta, Georgia, you know where they're close to get, but to go other places. So I did not go to Germany because uh-huh. I really wanted to go to Honolulu and Taiwan. And now uh, we've lost Honolulu and... And we'll cross our fingers long. about Taiwan. <laughs> Taiwan. Right. Well, Taiwan. because even though, you know, we may have a handle on it, there might still be, you know, some of the residuals impact right. of the, you know... The, the whole situation. Yeah. that I call it, yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Well, let's shift gears a little bit, because I know when we talked a little bit before the interview, you were, you were rather excited about this question, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Of course, we have uh, the four-way test here in, uh, you know, the, the rotary four-way test. What does that four-way test mean to you? What do you think about the four-way test? Well, I, I, when you look at the, the history of the four-way test and how it came to be, and the impact it had at the time it came up mm-hmm. um, and on, on businesses and the way of doing businesses and, and way of, of having an ethical outlook in how you interact in both your personal and your business life. Right. Um, the problem I have with the four-way test is the first one. Is it the truth? Okay. Because every time I hear someone say, is it the truth? My first question in my own mind is, whose truth? Yes. Because not everyone has the same truth. Correct. And and there's a cartoon that I saw um, that really illustrates it. Mm -hmm. You have two people facing one another. Okay. And on the ground, depending on which side and which view you're taking, it could be a six or a nine. Oh, correct. Yes. Now, if the person who sees the image on the ground as a six says, well, it's a six, the other person, no, it's the nine. And and, I mean, you can have a serious argument about what it is. Yeah. But it also illustrates how important it is to be open to other perspectives, other points of view, other people's realities. Other truths, for no better word. Other truths. Other Other truths. truths. Right. And we don't have to get too far when we think about, you know, religious doctrine and think about different cultures, that different people have different truths. Right. So that's, that's the one thing. Everything else, you know, fits really quite well. Build better friendships and all of the rest of it. But the first one always has me stop to think because it's not an absolute. And in reality, and of course, you know, I've studied philosophy and all this other, there are no absolute truths. People believe their absolute truths from their worldview. Right. 
I mean, isn't it Oprah and others that tell us to speak our truth or live in our truth or, yeah. but recognize know. it's our truth, not our everybody's. Truth. Right. Yeah. So, so the other ones kind of fall in line pretty well. Well, I, but think, the, I think it's a good basic ethical um, principle. I just think that that first one needs to be a modified a little bit, or at least for people to be open to the reality right. <laughs> that others' truths might be different from yours. And maybe that comes into, is it the best for both concerned? Exactly. That's, and that's a really, really... Important so I, one. I, I think I think that one kind of comes back to it then exactly. this is my truth and this is their truth and what truths can we agree on for the beneficial of all concerned so yeah no good point I like that one a lot so then we also have a motto as you well know and it's called service above self service above self I love what that, does that mean okay <laughs> tell me about that one well sir I mean service above self to me means and I actually have it I have those little magnetic things you can put on your cars and all of that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Um, that says service above self. And get out of yourself. Mm. Think of others. Consider others. And in Rotary, service above self really states that for Rotary, we are providing service not for ourselves, not for personal gain or personal benefit, but service for others. That the service is service to make a difference. Right. I mean, I really believe that. And I love the service above self model. I think I, I can't find any argument with that. We need to think not just of us, but of others. Right. And in that way, it helps ourselves. Oh, I of find course. It. Yeah, of absolutely. course. I mean, one of the things that, you know, uh, this self Selfish, selfishness. Ugh, I can't think of. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> Get that mouth it's, working. I'm with you. When when we when we volunteer, when we give, we gain. Absolutely, it yeah. really does benefit us. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody, you know, should. It's my thought. I don't think anybody should go around saying, "Well, I just give, 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 give." You're getting by giving. I and agree. As a matter of fact, we would not continue to give as human beings. I don't think if we weren't getting something in return. Yes. That something in return is feeling good, mm -hmm. being able to share, having our own values um, further bolstered. I don't, I, I can't think of another word at this moment by the fact that we are able to do that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, uh, there are a whole bunch of Rotary clubs out there, a lot worldwide. Oh, yes. What are some 34, of the ones? 34,000 plus. So how many have you been to and what ones haven't you been to that you'd really like to see? I've probably been to 80 or 90 clubs. Wow. Well, I was the district governor. I was going to say, you were. governor, you're required to visit all of your Rotary clubs in your right. district, which I, I did. I visited every last one of them. Yep, and including mine. I remember it very well. Yep. But I was in a, a different district before I'm in 50-50. Now I was in 50-40. And in that district, I was the um, membership chair. And one of the things I did was go around the province of BC, two different clubs to do membership 
you know, seminars. Right. So that was, you know, added quite a bit. And then in some of my international travels, I was able to, you know, visit Rotary Club. So I was, you know, as ever, as often as possible. I think every Rotarian needs to make certain that they visit clubs other than their own. There I is agree. Just absolutely nothing like it. Yeah. Where would I like to go? This, this is <laughs> Egypt. Really? I'd like to visit club in Egypt for, um, an, why, why and the primary reason was at, at the, at one of the international conventions, I met this doctor, this woman doctor from Egypt. Okay. And she in, invited me, you know, to Egypt and, you know, to come to her club and, you know, to, you know, show me around, et cetera. And I was all settled for that. And I was really looking forward to, to doing that. Also, I really like cruising. Most people who know me know that. Okay. So, and I looked and found a cruise where I would be able to stop off in, in Egypt and, and visit around there and then continue, you know, on, on my cruise down the Nile, et cetera. And war broke out. Um, my, and of course, it's, it's lasted quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wasn't able to go. And that's one regret that I've, I've had, that I've not been able to go to Egypt. But then, of course, you get involved in other things and da-da-da-da-da. And I've come to realize one of my ponderings, mm-hmm. isolating, is what are the things I really want to get to do? Yeah. Okay, Egypt's gone back up on my list. Good. Good for have you been in communication with the with the doctor? Are you are you she's, I, she's, initially, she's but then then not. There, I mean, communications were broken down, etc. So right, no lost lost. She touch, is alive and well. I have her business card, and I'll just have to look through my gazillion business cards and try to find it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so then, what do you think the impression of Rotary is throughout the world? I mean, because we are in you know, literally every country. What do you think the rest of the world thinks of Rotary? I, it will really depend on what kind of contact they've had with Rotary. Uh-huh. I mean, right here in North America, I mean, you, let, you could go to Chicago where Rotary started. Right. And you will walk down the street and you will find far more people who go, Rotary, what? What's that? Ah, okay. Then you will find who know Rotary. And even people who have heard of Rotary do not necessarily know what Rotary does. So, however, if you go to places where, you know, communities, because I've I've been to, you know, areas in Mexico, et cetera, where Rotarios are well known because not only have they made a positive difference in the community, they seem to be a little bit better about um, advertising it. Okay. Now, one talk about it, another, another memory that will stay with me is when I was in, in, in my, my current Rotary Club, my previous Rotary Club, we had a young woman um, who came to join, join the club. She was looking for a Rotary Club, came to right. join the club. And one of the things we ask our, our new members is to talk about, you know, why? Why did they, why they join Rotary? Okay. She was, you know, 
you know, middle-class young woman, you know, not even 30 years old and was on vacation staying in one of these all-inclusive resorts down in Mexico Uh and decided, well, since she was in a foreign country, this was her first time traveling internet, you know, outside of her native area. Right. And so she thought, well, she'd wanted to get to see some of the other, see something outside of the resort. Mm-hmm. basically see something of the real country. Right, right. So she took a, a, a tour, a bus tour. And so she's taking a bus tour and she's, you know, driving through some of these areas and she was absolutely shocked by the poverty. She'd never seen yeah. poverty like she saw. And she was absolutely impacted by that. Yeah, gets a little and shell then, shocked. Yeah, absolutely, she was, and, and and you know, and she expressed this very well, and and she also mentioned that she then noticed billboard, and and the billboard talked about Rotarios, mm. you know, doing building a, a a school, and then they went, you know, a few more miles down the road, and there was another billboard about how many. Um, meals they were providing and then another one down the road and there how many books and so basically she was impacted by seeing the poverty but seeing that there's this some group of these rotarios who right. were making a difference and she knew nothing about it she never heard of rotary she didn't know what it was and so she actually had 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 gone back to you know her resort and was talking to people about her experience and um, asking did they know anything, and of course they and they said, "Yeah, we have Rotary in Canada." <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise! <laughs> and she promised herself that she was going to join this group of people when she so found she, out about what Rotary was. Isn't and that then, amazing? So she found out about the group thousands of miles away to come exactly. back to her own home. Yes. And uh, join the club. Yeah. Cool. And, yes. And looked for a Rotary club that, that she could join. And yeah. joined it. And, but that really had an impact on me. I mean, really and truly. I mean, it literally brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. Because, you know, she expressed, you know, the feeling and the impact it had on her to see poverty for the first time and in the same country see that there's a group of people who are working to alleviate some of that that poverty. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a humbling experience. It yes, really is. yes, absolutely. And she wanted to be a, one of those Rotarians. Yeah. <laughs> so how is how is Rotary different today than when you joined? You said you've been in well, here for in a, quite in a, a few in years. In a couple of, of ways. One is is I mean the first thing when I thought about that question, the first thing I thought is you see more diversity. Okay, in absolutely. Terms of, of the you know, the vision of, of Rotary, you see more diversity uh, in the Rotarians who are making a difference as opposed to other cultural groups being the recipients. Okay. Because when I first joined Rotary, it was primarily Caucasians that were doing all this good work for everybody else in the world who are poor people. Okay, and I should say to our to our our audience because this is by ear, uh, Linda Jean is a very proud woman of color. So uh, that somehow that that yeah. you know I know in our particular group we have, you know, 
all different shades and ethnicities mm-hmm. and and social economic and religious political and even partnerships so exactly. I, I think that is i think that is one yeah. thing in rotary that i find yeah. really exciting very much and so. i was really excited to um see the rotary internationals um diversity statement and mm-hmm. i know that there are some people that are saying well why didn't they make it policy well the reality is rotary is a huge international organization yes when it comes to policy it has to be something that is applicable to every rotary club and every rotarian and right. in every country kind of in every country in every and country yeah that's not recognizing the reality of different mores and ways and cultures Correct. that you know put different limitations um, on you know particularly you know gender and and other other things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the other one between when I joined Rotary in in the early two thousands mm-hmm. we're in the mid two thousands now I guess um, women were not prominent in terms of leadership positions in in Rotary okay. And I certainly see that very differently now. I mean, quite, quite differently. Yeah, we just had a, we had, I just had a guest, a gentleman named uh, Cliff Gregory, who joined way back in 1979. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about that women were absolutely not allowed. And oh, one, of the, right. one of the biggest things that his group did is that they were one of the first groups to actually go to Rotary International and say, guys, things that are changing. They actually, you know, started the paperwork to say women need to be allowed in this group. And if you think about it, 1979 was not all that long ago. No, well, women weren't allowed in Rotary. Rotary did not change its bylaws uh, to allow women until 1989. Yeah. And the Rotary Club, okay, I belong to the Rotary History Fellowship, so, you know, I know a lot about the history Okay. Well, we we may and, have to have another podcast just to talk history. That's fun. Oh, it's fascinating. Rotary <laughs> history is just, I mean, it can just, well, it blew my mind. Other people might not be And, um, you know, and so the small little little town in Dwarty, California. Okay. You know, filed suit against Rotary International for not allowing them to have women because Rotary International took their charter away when they found out that there were women in that club because it was a men's club but it was a men's club that it was started as a men's club and it's it's very foundation was male and it's um you know all all of its bylaws and and the constitution indicated male to be a member you had to be male period wow of course without going into the details it took 11 years for it to get changed and it went all the way way through every every court until the supreme court of the united states said that rotary could not operate in the united states unless they allowed women they couldn't they had no con you know influence outside of the united states correct and of course if they couldn't operate in the united states that's the very seed of rotary yeah and wow. so that came down in 1987, but it took okay. two years, you know, for them to get all of the um, bylaws and constitution changed. Right. So there's that two-year gap between the Supreme Court of the United States came down and the actual 
impact it had on Rotary clubs. Well, and in, I guess, Rotary in the world's defense, we still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment. So I guess in, in some ways, Rotary's ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. exactly. And, but, you know, change takes time. And, it and does. Laws follow change. Correct. Not the other way around. Correct. Absolutely. So then what do you think, how do you think Rotary can uh, grow in the future? Well, you know, that's something I think we need to define what is meant by growth. Okay. The first thing I I think about is if, you know, you have, um, you know, you have, you have, you have land there and you're, you're growing trees. And so what is it that you want to achieve? Do you want as many trees as you can possibly fit in there? regardless of their size and, and their health? Or do you want to grow healthy, vibrant trees? Right. Maybe not as many trees. Right. But the ones you have are healthy, vibrant producers of whatever your trees are producing. And, you know, and if they, and pollinators, you know. Exactly. And, yeah. And so gotcha. that's how I think we need to think. I think there has been too much emphasis on numbers. Okay. Growth meant more heads, more butts in seats, more more Rotarians. Right. And I I think that for us to really grow Rotary, we want to grow Rotary in terms of its value, in terms of its impact, in terms of the people who are Rotarians who are making a difference and and giving to the world. So we still want that quantity, but we want that quantity quantity to have quality. at the cost. Not the cost of quality. Of quality. Gotcha. I agree. Okay. So then we only got a few more questions left. So we're going to, we've got some, we've got the great softball ones here at the end. So if somebody was talking to you and they wanted to become a Rotarian, what's your elevator speech? What do you tell them? I have no elevator speech and I don't no? believe in elevator speeches. Okay. okay? No problem. Period. Okay. I so, believe in having conversations with people. Okay. That you know, if, if someone, okay, one is if I'm introducing Rotary by bringing up the topic myself, and mm-hmm. then it's different if they're asking me about it. But in either situation, it's important to have a conversation and find out what their interest is, okay. what their interest, interest is in Rotary, or right. what their interests are, period, mm. and, and find out, you know, what makes a difference to them. And then continue the conversation by connecting Rotary and what Rotary can offer them in, in terms of what's important to them. And so basically that, that's very, I mean, and you don't need a, a lot of It's a slight juxtaposition, but it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. You're finding out what's important and then you're connecting what Rotary can offer them. Too often, and I, I've actually seen this, um, and I've actually heard this from some Rotarians, well, we want people who are going to give, 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 give. It has to be a shared experience. Give what, give how, give when, give, you know, like it's, it's kind of, give, give, give is kind of an open statement, wouldn't you say? And the thing is, it's important that when we're looking at introducing people to Rotary, we help them understand how they benefit. Okay. Not just how Rotary. Receive, receive, receive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. I get it. I get it. So, um, got, let, let's do a, let's do a fun one. As, as you told us that you went to 80 some odd clubs, is that right? And that you still yes. have a few that you still wish you could go to. Mm-hmm. You've been to, was it 12 international conferences you said? Yes. Well, actually to- I think, I think it's 12 or Honolulu would have been 12. Okay. So we'll say over 10. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely over 10. And you know, at every one of these places, they have those pins, those rotary pins that say all kinds of rotary stuff. I have pins of pins. Tens of pins. Okay. Is there one that sticks out in your brain that when you pin it on your lapel, you're kind of like, ah, I love this one. This one's got a great memory or a great feeling. Is there one? Is there one? Yes, there is. Okay. And as far as I'm concerned, when this um, one came, I figured that's it. They don't need any more. Uh, it's Rotary making a difference. Rotary making a difference. Yes. And where did you receive that one? Well, it was in 1718 when I was district governor, actually. Okay. And Ian Risley, I think, yeah, was the president that was his uh-huh. um, but when I heard it it just really impacted me I went right that's exactly it that just says it in a nutshell rotary mm-hmm. that's what rotary is that's what rotary does and in people's I won't say everyday conversation but often when people are talking about rotary mm-hmm. they use those words and quite often when I've talked to people just coming to Rotary or inquiring about Rotary, they're, they're saying, I want to make a difference. I want to give back. And there it is in a pin. Well, then come join Rotary because Rotary makes a difference. That's the one that I, and I, I thought it was really, really interesting that that happened to be, uh, to be the, be the motto for, for that year, the year that I was district governor. Wow. So the, the stars aligned for you, I guess we could say, right? <laughs> there you go. So any, any last thoughts, Linda Jean, anything you want to, you want to leave the, the rest of the world out there in podcast land? Any thoughts? Um, keep up the good work. Okay. I mean, we all have something to give. We all have something to gain. And as long as we recognize that it's all good and keep on doing it. It's all good and keep on doing it. Well, thank you, Linda Jean. This was such a pleasure. I know we have had a chance to meet before we were, you were my district governor there those few years back and I did have a chance to meet you, but I haven't had a chance to chat with you then. So uh, thank you for, uh, thank you for, for uh, being uh, willing to do this and let and well, letting me say hello in- to you again virtually. <laughs> thank you for inviting me, and I was quite honored that you would ask me. I thought, oh, geez, why would she? Oh, they're, they're more important people that she could be talking to. But uh, I think this is fascinating. And at first, I didn't know that I could listen to past podcasts. Yeah, I I got the the link, and it went to episode one and i thought that was the only one no and, um and you'll notice the mics get better as the season goes on <laughs> <laughs> now i'll go back 
back and, and listen to, you know, to some of the others. Probably good thing I didn't listen to them because I probably wouldn't have known what to say if I listened uh, yeah. to other people's perspectives. Well, like I said, we have, influenced. What can I say? there you go. We have been around the world and back again. Like I said, we've done uh, one from Ghana, one from Zimbabwe, a bunch from Canada. We've got some people coming up from Mexico City. I have a gentleman that we're going to be interviewing that was literally in the uh, slums of Calcutta doing some polio vaccine work. So it's, it's a podcast about everyday Rotarians doing some extraordinary things. So um, yeah check it in. Thanks for the free plug there. <laughs> well, and, and thank you for, for having this podcast. I think this is wonderful. I, I can, This is something that I think we should have more of. Well, thank you so much, Linda. All right. We'll talk to you soon, ma'am. Thank you very much, Gwen. Have a good day and stay healthy. Okay. You too. Stay healthy indeed. And uh, that not only comes from Linda Jean, but comes from me as well. Six feet apart, everybody. Wash your hands. Stay home if you can. And if you are a member of those essential openings that are still out there in the United States and Canada and all over the world, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the front lines during these very, very strange times. Okay, then. It's the time of the uh, podcast where I ask you to do your homework. It's pretty simple, though. Could you please tell a friend about this podcast? Everybody seems to have a lot of time on their hands, so catching up on the last season might not be a bad idea. Tell a friend about it. Go to Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe and rate us. Like I've said before, that makes it much easier for others to find us. And uh, until then, take it easy, okay? Take it easy on yourself and the world around you. Know that these strange days will be done and part of our history in no time. But it really is okay to take it easy. Big, cleansing, deep breath. I highly recommend it. All right, then. Until next week. Thank you once again for joining me on the I'm a Rotarian podcast, and I will hear you next week.